Welcome to The Brave Table. I'm your host, Dr. Neetha Bhushan, and this is your oasis for strengthening your mental and emotional fitness no matter what life tosses your way. I am so excited you're here. Just like you, I wear many hats. I'm a former dentist turned author and serial entrepreneur, currently a mom of two, and a recovering perfectionist. Every week, we'll navigate brave conversations to support your evolution at every season and stage of your life. Raw and unfiltered, we'll explore all the feels as we unpack life's unpredictable moments, from the playful to the painful, the magical and the messy, and everything in between this epic human experience. You ready? Let's dive in. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to The Brave Table. Oh my goodness. Wow, we are actually doing this. If this is your first time, I am Dr. Neetha Bhushan, and I am so excited to welcome you grabbing a seat at The Brave Table. And this is our very first episode. And I'm so, so excited. I'm a little bit nervous, but I'm super excited to share. It is going to be a solo one with myself. For those of you who don't already know my work, I hope that this episode, actually, I know this episode will give you an amazing taste of what to expect in the subsequent episodes and what to expect here. And I just want to give you all permission to let it all hang out. This is a space you are here because you are entering a brave space. You are entering a space where maybe you are calling in more bravery into your life, into that season of your life. Maybe you are calling in to be more brave in the actions that you take, in the risks that you take, in things that you want to try doing, that bravery that sits within all of us. Maybe you are looking for that brave season of your life and I'm your girl. I'm going to be your guide to do all of those things and more. We might push the envelope a little bit, but on today's episode, what you're going to get a glimpse of is really something that I've been grappling with in the last two years, honestly. Um, I've actually shared this with a couple of my really close girlfriends and in, in, in my online communities just around, you know, radical self-acceptance and the last few years have been a crazy whirlwind. Obviously, we all know we've been in this pandemic, post-pandemic, endemic, whatever we want to call it. Uh, but I was actually birthing, creating a human and birthing another baby and moving cross-country all at the same time and starting a new business project. And it was wild and it was crazy. Uh, and we get into it it in this episode on how to truly reinvent yourself. And I know that many of you, given in the last two years, have had that time to self-reflect, have had that time to question, what am I really doing? And why am I doing what I'm doing? But I had to really reckon with, okay, is this my ego that wants to keep things small and safe? Or is this my ego that wants to just kind of creep in because it's something that I've been doing for a while and... It's what I know, and no one's going to question it. I'm not going to get judged for it. So I want you to sit with that as we dive into this episode. I'm going to share some of my personal struggles and some of the identity shifts that really nobody tells you, and literally that I was kind of going through silently um, 
in this phase of motherhood, I was just to give you all context. I was, I had a toddler at the time, uh, my my son, um, you know those those terrific twos, and I was pregnant. And there were times in this pregnancy where literally I was crawling to my computer to do live trainings. That's right. Um, and, and for those of you who would come to those trainings, yes, you did not know, but behind that smile, uh, there's definitely some, some things going on that, that weren't so great. So I feel you, if you are in a season of life where you are sick, you are not feeling well, you are just not feeling yourself. Um, I had that for literally the first four months of my pregnancy with Isla and it was just, it was tough, and I, I I did not really reconcile that because my first pregnancy was the opposite, and so it was probably you know one of the things that I had been calling in for a while, which was stop overachieving. And we're gonna get into the difference between overachieving and underachieving. And if this is you right now, I'm giving you full permission to be able to underachieve, to be able to sit and be still, and to not do. Uh, especially if you are one to constantly keep yourself busy, to constantly do, do, do. And we're going to get into what is your worth actually defined by? What is your worth actually defined by? Um, It is something that we literally pick up when we are younger, how we get validated by our parents, how we get validated by our teachers, our mentors, our coaches, uh, people that, you know, want to literally see us and who we want to get love from, how is your worth defined by? And I know for me, for many years, it was overachieving. But we also get into how to parent yourself and reparent, excuse me, how to reparent yourself. And for many of you who didn't really have the best relationships with your parents, um, or perhaps maybe went through divorce or loss or some sort of trauma, Um, and aren't that close or you wish you had some of those things that you didn't have, this is the episode where we dig into how to reparent yourself. Because when you allow for reinvention, you enter that new phase of your life, like I had to, getting into that next phase and and really doing it with non-judgment. And so we're going to talk about what that means when you are in a transition stage in your life. Could be baby mode, could be um, getting into motherhood, it could be just uh, leaving a relationship, embarking on something completely brand new. And it's scary AF, you guys. So I hear you. Um, but really how to close doors on certain things that may not be as joyful. Like I said, some of you might be in that mix and that soup of of life of the great resignation, leaving things that you love and you're like, I don't want to do that anymore, but I really don't know what I want to do. So we're going to get into some of the things that I had to shut down in order to open up to new possibilities, even though it was scary, even though it was uncertain, and even though it was some of the things that I knew. But also, how to prioritize opportunities in your life in in a season where you are now focusing on what makes you come alive. So grab a seat at the brave table and let's get into the episode. I am so glad you are here. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the brave table. Wow. So today I'm going to go into a little bit about what tends to come up because this is a common question that I get from a lot of women who really have prioritized their careers 
and now they're just starting to think about uh, babies. And they're starting to think about that next level and evolution of themselves. And what I don't think is talked about enough, because I just went through this, and I'm gonna call it an initiation, um, this past year in myself in so many ways, just up-leveling in, in just a variety of ways, but how to come through a, a different kind of reckoning with myself, which was, um, and, and this happened quite a bit actually with, with Ari and I didn't realize what it was. Um, but as I did a lot of research around postpartum depression, postpartum rage, and what tends to happen to really high functioning women. Uh, and again, and it's also, it's some of the research that I was reading, but it's also a lot of the discussions I was having with fellow mom bosses who were super vulnerable and we were able to kind of share and get into the nitty gritty is that for most of us, you know, and, and, you know, I'll speak for myself, but that work identity was really the identity. And that was a leading identity for so many years of my life, right? And for so many of you who are like all about work and, you know, like the work is your baby. And now I'm kind of getting approached because now I have two um, in terms of, well, what was it that you needed to do or to level up to prepare yourself for being a mom of two? And I think you know, what we don't really talk about is the identity shift because there is that death of the ego. And for those of you not familiar with, you know, what I'm sharing is the, the this, you know, our ego is like our protection mechanism. They want us, our ego wants to keep us safe. Our ego wants us to play small. And our ego is kind of, you know, what what really shines, right? We want to be validated. We want to be seen. We want to be noticed. We want to be heard, right? That is our ego and it gets fed the good and the bad and the ugly, right? And I think for myself, really that identity of like, okay, first I was a cosmetic dentist and then it was, okay, I am this, you know, master coach. I'm this author, but everything led with all of the accolades on my belt. And for the first time ever, heading into motherhood, you know, three years ago, there was this full reckoning. And while I was so consumed with kind of the logistics and the beauty of it all, of, of having this like ideal, you know, birth um, and learning what it's like to kind of, you know, just own my body during pregnancy and all of the emotions that came with it and all the hormones that came with it. Nobody really prepared me for the shock of the darkness that I would encounter. And looking back, I'm like, wow, that was postpartum. I mean, that's what everybody talks about. It's postpartum depression. I didn't really know that I was in it when I was in it. All I knew was my hormones were off. I was like literally a raging bitch, you guys, many days. Um, I had not been in close proximity with elders around me. And so to have Ajit's parents like fully, they were so beautiful and so gracious and really kind of were helping me and, and helping me nest in many ways because somebody needed to take care of me. And I felt like that was the first time in a very, very long time that I was reparented. And I don't think I knew how to receive. 
And as I say it out loud, I'm like, oh, wow, yeah. I, I didn't really know how to receive that love because for so many years of my life, I was the caretaker. I was the one, you know, I'm a natural nurturer uh, of my archetype, uh, you know, if you're, if you're a DC fam. Uh, but my archetype is very much that nurturer and I'm constantly bringing people together, constantly taking care of so many people. So for me, it was really awkward and weird and odd and I didn't even know how to receive that. So it came off as I don't need the help. Oh, I can do it myself. Or like, oh, like I can, I'm the only one that can do it this way instead of fully allowing and appreciating and saying, yeah, you know what? And, and you know what, talking to some of my girlfriends about this, like, this happens to a lot of super type A women who feel hopeless, who feel like they can't contribute, whose worth has only been defined by what they can do and contribute to the world. And that's big, you guys, because if we're not allowing ourselves to receive because at the very, very, very deeper, deeper level, our worth is attached to what we do and if we're not contributing, then who are we? And, 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 and is our worth just defined by the contributions that we make? And can we be loved just by doing nothing? And I don't think I had ever experienced that before, that kind of love in a very long time because I, I had to grow up so early. My aunts, I mean, bless them, but they gave me tough love. And I, when I mean I was raised by like some matriarchs, my, my great aunt was a Leo, my other aunt was a, uh, was a, uh, was a Taurus and, and aunt is a Taurus and, and she's, they're both super, super strong women. So I didn't get that feminine, you know, nurturing love that now I was able to do and give to my own baby but also I needed that support because in the, in the Vedic sense of the 40 days after uh, your baby is born, you have to replenish all of the things that your mom, you know, that the mom has lost during childbirth and, um, and, and basically breastfeeding and, and all of the hormones and, and, and everything. And Ajit and I had to come up with our own agreements and boundaries and, you know, he was seeing me in a place where he obviously had never seen me with like my just like uh, incredible amount of emotions because it was also the grieving of my own mother who, you know, couldn't be there, obviously, right? Because I lost her for, you know, in a very young age and, and really reliving this. And so coming to terms with, wow, what is this identity? Am I a supporter now? And that felt really off because for a very long time, I'm like, oh my gosh, independent woman, you know, you know, feminine, woo, you know, like all of the, just like all of the things. And then here I am just laying in bed with this baby for hours and hours on end. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I can't do anything because for the very first time I was given that permission that it's okay to be, that it's okay to not do. In fact, you're supposed to rest. And we're conditioned at a very early age that we have to go, go, go and, and, and do all of the things and, and be the leader and be ambitious and, and be, be, be. But this allowing myself to feel and allowing myself to just like rest and let people cater to me was absolutely foreign. I was even rejecting it. And that's kind of where that raging bitch was coming out of. It was like, no, I can do it myself. No, you know, it was 
wow, Nita, like, yeah, they're catering to you because you are worthy. You are deserving. You can, you can be catered to. You can be loved. You are loved. You are worthy just by sitting here because you just birthed out a human. And that took a lot of reconditioning and reframing and, and really paying a lot of gratitude to the women who stepped up in my life in the form of my mother-in-law, my aunt, um, and a lot of the females who were so vulnerable in sharing like, yeah, no, that's happened to me too. No, I lost myself too. Because then the whole idea was, okay, I have to keep this human alive. So as a type A personality, you're like, okay, I'm going to do all the things and we're, they're going to do like the, the, the Montessori things. And, and then you're like type A about like their development, because of course you want the best for your kids. And then when does it stop <laughs> like trying to achieve and achieve for your kids then, right? And, 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 and then of course the idea that like you must do it all. So it's like, oh, when do I get back to the workflow? And I remember you guys only taking two weeks off of work with my first baby. And mind you, when I mean work, some might argue and say, oh, but you're not really going to the office. And really that's what I thought. I'm like, oh, I'm not really going to the office. Like I can lead some team meetings because hey, they're just team calls. They're just team calls. They're just on Zoom. And hey, yeah, I can just add, add to the WhatsApp chat. It's okay. But it took mental capacity. It took my mental capacity. And even I did some coaching calls at the time. Two weeks after, you guys, two weeks after, it was crazy. And my team was like, Nita, you are nuts. What are you doing? What in the world are you doing? But I could, it was too painful and it was too scary to rethink the identity that I was losing, the death of this ego, the death of this single woman now becoming this mother. And all I knew was this initial identity of like the go, 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 you know, warrior woman, Neetha, who only led in her masculine many times. Yes, I have this feminine nature to myself and this feminine aura, but when push came to shove, like that's really what I was known for. And I was known for, you know, handling a bunch of different projects all at the same time. And that gave me a sense of validity, like validation that, okay, this was my project. So that was a really big awakening. The fact that I was going through this completion of one part of my life and really entering this other stage, I really had to ask myself different questions how did I want to show up for this human? And honestly, even going back to some of the ways that my mom showed up in my life. So my mom, what I remember of her was she was a working woman. She was a, an accountant. I mean, she was just badass. She was always curious about other ventures. Her and my dad were like, you know, they were also serial entrepreneurs, um, but my mom loved to have that sort of stability. So she was an accountant during the day and then she would do other things. So she like dabbled in like insurance and she dabbled in, you know, doing, I think she did like the, one of those MLM things when we were young, it wasn't Avon, but it was like something else. And I can't really remember. I mean, it was like a supplement thing, but I totally remember she would go to all these like conferences and she was just like badass and wanted to really dive into all of these new ways of, of growth. Right. And so a lot of times on the weekends, she would go to like a workshop or a conference. And I do remember that it was my dad really holding the fort at home. A lot of times I do remember it was my dad who 
was, you know, in many ways, like he had his office, but he would come home at a certain time every day just to be with us kids. And my mom was the one constantly working and wasn't there. And, and I appreciate that now growing up because I'm like, wow, she was a badass. She was, she, she was doing her in all of those ways. And so she would help her friends like paint their houses on the weekends. And, and when my dad was going through financial troubles, like she took up second and third jobs. Like she was, you know, I remember like, you know, shout out to venture back in the day, but there was a point where she was like working for part-time at venture and even target, um, like super back in the day when target just like was a thing and it was like very new, but I think it was also that ran her to have that, the cancer because she was overworking and she was so burnt out and she felt like she needed to keep up with the Joneses. We were in all of the things, you know, from like Filipino dance class to Indian, like, you know, Bhangra classes to uh, piano lessons and violin lessons and, and, and really, and, and ballet lessons. Like we had our share of activities as children and I knew she wanted to keep up with, with, you know, that the American dream and, and, and in many ways, I didn't really have that relationship with her. I can only recount on a few hands of the activities we were able to do together. And a lot of it was around performance. A lot of it was around recitals. A lot of it was around me having to do something. So therefore, like, if I wasn't contributing in form of dance or winning an award or, you know, having a trophy in piano competition or, or, or whatever it was, then I wouldn't see that smile on my mom's face. And so now kind of going back to this whole reckoning of my identity, who I was when Ajit honestly was able to do all of the things and that never stopped for him. And for me, it was like, oh, I had to really reframe this time because you guys, it is such a gift. Like we get to really have it all. We get to channel a season of our lives where we get to devote to our kids. We get to channel a season of our lives where we get to devote to um, the lifestyle that we get to create. And we're so fortunate now that we get to do things in a life of, of passion and purpose and saying no to the things that don't really lift us up. Whereas with my mom, many times she didn't have a choice because she had to keep up with the bills that they had to pay and the financial troubles my dad was going through in a season of his life and his business that she had to pick up a lot of that. And many times, you know, there was a lot of like stress and, and disagreements about money and things like that. And so I didn't really see my mom a lot. And, and the question I really had to ask myself was, do I want to be that for Ari and Isla? Do I... Do I want to be away? Because now when Ari's like, mama, where are you going? Mama, can I come too? Like the little Nita and Nir is like, oh shit, I used to think that way with my mom when I would get dropped off at my grandma's house and my aunt's house. And yeah, I had a lot of fun with them. Don't get me wrong. Like shit tons of fun. We had so much fun with my grandma. And, and that was like the, the, you know, the, the family lifestyle that we had. But did I want my mom? Fuck yeah, I did. And I didn't really have that. And so that was a huge revelation for me, but it doesn't come without its like guilt. And, and, and yes, do I want to be that strong matriarch for Isla saying like, yeah, you can do it all. And, and so there was a time where I was going through a lot of guilt of like, oh, you know, should I be here? I don't know what, what, what am I doing these days? Like, how am I even showing up? How can I show up? And, 
and, and really reconciling, I guess, um, you know, this, this sort of growth stage, because for many of my years, I've been so focused on growth. And now can I be okay with just being okay with the magic at this moment in time? Hey there, love. I wanted to take a break for a moment and invite you to something that I really think you may benefit from. So are you the person that has all of these ideas and ambitions swirling around in your head about what you kind of want to achieve this year, but you don't really know where to start? So maybe that's new habits. Maybe it's practices and rituals that you want to create for yourself. But you're like, uh, I just don't have the time and I have so many things to do. Okay, I feel you. I used to feel like I wasn't seeing the results that I wanted from my goals because I honestly was not taking the time to get clear on them and really taking the right actions. And honestly, I looked everywhere, and I mean everywhere. I did all of the things to find out what really worked when it came to manifesting our deepest desires in life. So I took everything that worked, scrapped what didn't, and gathered all of the goods into literally one juicy step-by-step burnout-free and goal-getting guide, which I finally nailed down the formula with. And it's called my Elevated Intention Setting Planner. It is so juicy, you guys. If you haven't grabbed your copy of my free Intention Setting Planner to help you manifest your desires, you can grab it here for free at globalgrit.co backslash E-Y-L. Again, it's G-L-O-B-A-L-G-R-I-T dot co backslash E-Y-L for your free copy. And honestly, I've been using it for the past eight years now. It's helped me hit 100% of my goals, even my juiciest ones, like my multiple six-figure book deal, my dream house on a hill, my partner who traveled the world with me, not to mention becoming a mama of two. Yep. So what are you waiting for, Brave Table fam? Claim what's yours now by grabbing your free intention-setting planner today and truly elevate your life. I literally walk you through step-by-step on how to use it. And I know you'll thank me later. It is honestly my deep gratitude and my gift for you and this incredible community. So check it out. It's globalgrit.co backslash E-Y-L. And now back to the show. Another dear friend of mine who I had the chance to to really drop in with during uh, this phase of having Ari and now having Isla, you know, she asked me because her journey with kids, her kids are like 12 and 14. But she's like, you know, either you put in the work now with them to kind of shape them as humans, because really that's really what you're doing. Or you'll see that later on as they act out because they want your love, as they act out because all they've wanted was your attention later on. And how beautiful is that is you get to do that now. And we can also demonstrate what it could look like for them so that, you know, we're basically modeling for them who they could become as they get older. And so reconciling with that, I had to ask questions of like, okay, how can I make more space and time? And what can I do right now that will still give me a lot of joy, that will still make me come alive, but that will still give me the greatest time with my kids? And so that meant And I I remember Ajit and I having a really big conversation about this because we were starting to uh, jump in on a brand new project and it was super exciting. It was with a dear friend of ours who we absolutely adore and love and she's such a badass. And, 
And it really pegged the question of then some of the things that we are doing right now, that's like low hanging fruit. Do you see yourself doing in the next three years? And right now, even though you're serving a certain amount of people and that's been going really well, do you still think you're going to make the time for them? Is this still going to be exciting for you in two years? And, and actually he was even asking, he's like, actually, no, in three years, three years from now, is that the path you want to still walk? And this was when we were doing a lot of our business trainings, a lot of business, our business related events and really helping people who were transitioning from either medicine or, you know, they had an, a similar awakening to me and, you know, they were starting to chart out different uh, career paths. And honestly, the gut feeling that I had was no, but you know what I had? I felt the guilt because it was this guilt that I'm like, crap, I built this community from scratch. These people have been with me for a really long time. And for me to just close that, it felt like, huh, I'm going to let them down. Like this is how they were able to collaborate in literally from like 30 countries all over the world. And here we are just going to shut this, this down. And that didn't feel good for me. So I had to ask myself, like, is this my people pleasing tendencies coming up? Like, am I just trying to please our community that we built and created? But I also saw all of the relationships that they were having and all of the insights and all of the progress and momentum they were having. But I knew in my heart, I'm like three years from now, I, I actually don't want to be doing this. I'd rather, I'd have more joy and excitement doing the projects in collaboration with others because I know that there's potentially way more impact there and it would still give me a lot more time with my children and I needed to have that flexibility. I knew I wanted to uh, experiment with other creative outlets and I knew if I was gonna just go in this path, it would just limit me to that path. And so I knew that that stage of my life was coming to an end and honestly, there's that grieving process around it. We think that grieving is just having to do with like a loss of a friend or a loved one. But I think grieving is also the, you know, the losing of, of parts of ourselves, the, the loss of what was and what you had before in, in, in a different stage of your life. Like I needed to reconcile with that sort of, of grief of that letting go and how I was going to let that go. And, and the next stage of that was yeah, I guess I'm okay with, with all of the things I created, but I'm okay with putting that to the side, or I'm okay with inviting what the next level of where I'm going, because I was so curious about other things, I'll be honest. And a lot of other things like investing in other companies and investing in other projects really was exciting to me. And I think that at the core of my nature, um, when you get so clear on what your superpowers are, for me, it's, I love starting things. I love igniting things. And that's how I am as a creator, as a startup person. I've always been that way. I will start so many new projects um, and not really see them to completion because I love the whole beginning and initiation journey. So I think the biggest thing is like understanding what your superpower is and how you come into the fold, especially when it comes to projects um, and what brings you joy in that. And for me, that's the initial part of it. I love bringing the pieces together. I love seeing how it all unfolds, you know, putting, uh, you know, part of a lot of things what we do is putting curriculums together so that 
there can be training that actually leads people to really build a career and a whole uh, just embodying a sense of uh, knowledge that they hadn't had before and going deeper in a subject. I love putting all those different parts together, but also, yeah, looking into collaborating with people that are also going to, you know, gel in the creative juices that we all have to create something really monumental. And so to, to really reconcile that I needed to let go of all of the things that were currently on my plate to really see, okay, what is my greatest time value and what is the greatest gift that I can contribute with other people? Um, while also being able to be a mama at home and not breaking my head. Because I think in this next level, when we get to a place of motherhood, I really had to, to think like, okay, they're just babies right now, but in a few years, they're going to be asking me for homework help. <laughs> they're going to be having games, which are going to start at like two or 3 PM. And right now, like, yeah, we work, you know, we work, but usually like our work schedule, like ends at like five o'clock every single day. And before it used to be like, you know, seven before kids and you could have a two hour workout in the middle and you could go for a lunch date with your friends that maybe could go for like 90 minutes. And right now it's like, everything needs to be done before like 5 PM. And sometimes like our workouts are like haphazard because it's like super short. And guys, that's like ladies, that's the beauty of the season that we're in right now. And it's magical and it's messy and it's chaotic. But I think once you re, I think it's, it's, it's once you recognize how your identity can shift in a beautiful way where you can allow yourself to grieve parts of you that, yeah, won't be able to just randomly up and go on a spontaneous trip in the middle of the week. I had to grieve that loss too, because Ajit and I would definitely do that many times. Um, things have to be planned a lot more in advance now than ever before, but it also allows us to have a little bit more freedom and structure. And I think embracing this new identity of, um, of, of being in this collaborative stage where there's so much more magic when we collaborate, uh, because things flow with ease and you're still doing things that make you come alive. And so I think reconnecting to that has been the juiciest for me and has been, um, just, a a remembering of, oh yeah, this is what it's all about. It's not supposed to be so hard or difficult or hustling against the grain and going against the grain. And, and definitely I love the whole hustle culture. Love that. But I think I am now again, you know, we're, we are so blessed as women where this is a stage in our lives where we get to choose the projects that we get to play with and we get to choose how we want to show up. Um, and so if you are contemplating that stage, if you are afraid, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose everything, or I won't be as invested in my business, you know, it's for those first few years, maybe even the first year, the second year. But like, once you have that routine, you start to know what are the projects and things that you're going to be doing that are going to light you up, that are going to be so exciting for you. And the fact that you get to see your babies grow as well. So we can go a little bit longer and more, but I think I'm going to wrap it up here. I'd love to hear what you think. I'd love to hear um, if this resonated with you. So definitely uh, send me a comment. 
uh, or drop a review. We always love those and share this with a friend, share this with a mom friend, share this with a girlfriend, or even your partner who, um, you guys are contemplating starting a family. Uh, and maybe if you have already uh, started the process and full fledged mama and, and, and re identifying your identity, identity right now as a mom with your kids grown, I think this is a beautiful way to start like thinking about what lights you up and what makes you come alive. Until next time, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in, love. Now be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes dropping every Monday and Wednesday. For my books and additional resources, head over to globalgrit.co. And if you love this, please share this with a friend and don't forget to leave a five-star review wherever you listen as it helps spread the message about the show. I so appreciate you. 